0: Four things that I learned, three incredible stories, two mind-blowing revelations that like have transformed my life, and then do the one thing that's important and do healing. How's that sound? That way you can position yourself for what's happening. Okay, four four things I learned. First thing I learned, I am not good at snowboarding. In Dubai, they have an indoor uh, snowboarding uh, deal that is really cool, and I I was like, "Eh, I've never done this, but you know why not now? I'm in the anointing. So I go down, actually, we're, we're getting ready for it, and uh, one of the guys that's with me, Joe, says, I'll give you 10 bucks if you prophesy to somebody as you're going down. I was like, do you know who you're talking to right here? I got this. So I hurt myself pretty badly and got a concussion, but I stopped halfway down and prophesied over somebody and got 10 bucks. So... <laughs> The moral of that story is know your weaknesses and exploit your strengths. (laughs) Second thing I learned while I was gone is healing is easy. It really is. Um, It's not, uh, as Jeremy says, it's not in my wheelhouse. I'm trained in the prophetic. I mean, I could prophesy over anybody. In fact, we did one night, we did uh, prophecy over 36 people, and I was just like, boom, boom, just people going, oh my gosh, this is so good. The, te- the rest of the team is all healers, and they're like, this is so hard. And I'm like, I feel so alive. <laughs> they're like drained. I was like, don't worry, I gave them all good words. So even if you just said Jesus loves you, they got a good word. So but healing, I found out, is really easy. And in fact, we were commanded by Jesus to heal the sick. That, that is part of like the kingdom, right? It is an essential part of the kingdom. And so what I found was that healing was like, hey, do you have anything wrong with you? Yeah, my shoulder hurts. Cool, put your hand on there. Is it any better? Yeah, thanks. Bye. Like, it was like that's not an exaggeration. We saw that kind of stuff happen. We, we do all these long prayers. And I was thinking about this uh, this morning. The longest prayer Jesus ever prayed that we have in Scripture is John 15 through 17, and that would take you about 10 minutes to, to pray, and that wasn't a healing prayer. When Jesus did did healings he was like back go into place and the back was like yes sir and you know like it it's easy it, it's it's in you so that was that was really cool i just saw with the team that i was with It was i mean these guys were just like you couldn't go anywhere if if it would normally take you 4 minutes to walk somewhere it would take about 30 minutes to get there with these people because it'd be like oh wheelchair like they they just they didn't they didn't have an off button which was good third thing I learned Arabs are the Texans of the East <laughs> the, this is really interesting because we you know it's easy to you know kind of say the Middle East Ooh, and I thought I was gonna get martyred but Jeremy told me that I wasn't allowed to because we're supposed to get martyred together because it's in the Bible um that was a good joke I know um <laughs> And so I'm going over there, and I I'm, i didn't really understand the Arab people at first. I have Arab friends, and I had an Arab roommate in college. Uh, and it clicked for me at one moment. I went, oh, they just love their culture. They know that they're awesome, and they lean into it, just like Texans do. I was like, oh, okay, I get you guys. You're, you're just like darker Texans that don't speak English very well. It was It was really cool. Fourth thing I learned, and this was like... This is the major thing. To live like Jesus, I must turn off my personal bubble, leave my radar on, and live out radical love through constant selflessness. Let me say that again because it was really good and some of you didn't get it. To live like Jesus, I must turn off my personal bubble. I'll stop there. Like, we all have our world, right? And it kind of ends outside of our, you know, visual range or maybe three feet in front of you. We have to turn that off. If we want to live like Jesus, Jesus is walking down the road and there's a there's a funeral going by and he's like, eh, time to interrupt the funeral. Get up, boy. And he's like, Okay, I'm up. Like he, he was always on. He he didn't have a personal bubble. He goes and he does ministry all night long. He sneaks away to try to get like some time with with the father, and like people follow him and are like, Hey, what are you doing? Teach us something. He's like, Well, I was praying, but whatever. Like he, his personal bubble was non-existent, right? So first part is that to live like Jesus, we have to turn off our personal bubble or I do. I'm not going to put it on you. I know I have to, because I am an introvert and I didn't realize it. I have to leave my radar on. What I found was that if I wanted to minister to people, I had to look for it. And if I didn't look for it, I wouldn't see it. I mean, these people that I was with, we're walking, we have to get to the airport. We're like, got to go right now, flying out of Dubai. And uh, we're walking by, and the guy was like, hey, there's a guy that had a blind eye back there. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, like, I, like I, I had to turn off my bubble and turn on my radar and never turn it off. And what I found as I've come back is that I'm always looking. You know, uh, we actually went out to uh, get coffee with one of the new interns uh, a couple days ago. And we were sitting there, and I'm like, I realized that my radar is on. And somebody asked me over there, because after we did the 36 people of uh, prophesying, it was, it was like, how did you get good words for everybody? And this kid, I, I like blew him up. I was like, you really love soccer, and, and I think you could become professional. And he was like, cool, did your mom tell, me, tell you that I play soccer? I was like, no. He's like, "Whoa, well, what? <laughs> it, fre- it freaked him out, because it's like a real passion of him. But he, he said, how do you get words for everybody? I said, well, I just have to care. You know, moved by compassion, he... Healed the sick, right? We have to actually care. Turn on your radar. And when you don't do that, you're not going to get it, right? You guys tracking with me? Turn off the personal bubble, leave your radar on, and live out radical love through constant selflessness. What these people taught me was, like, all they did, they were always on. This one girl, Hannah, she, she was the, the worst and best of them all. If we ever needed to go somewhere, we had to put her in the front of the line because she would end up, like... 50 feet back by the time we found out that she was healing the sick. Like, she probably had over 50 healings in just 10 days. Like, she was just, she's a monster. It was awesome. But just constant and radical love. Okay, there's the four things I learned. Three highlight stories. So, first one. Uh, We're at a hotel. We're doing some uh, we're, we're doing some some meetings. We did very few meetings. We mostly just went out and what they called spilled, which is doing real life and just poking a hole in your spirit and letting you, you know, spill all over people. Because you're full of the Holy Spirit. You've got rivers of living water inside of you. you. Just spill all over people. It's awesome. So we finally, we actually did some meetings. And uh, I'm walking in and uh, somebody's like, and this is day three or four, and I'm like so tired because I'm not used to, Doing healings all the time. I'm used to doing the prophetic, and so I'm tired. And I walk in, and they're like, "Hey, this guy has a has a busted knee." I'm like, "Cool, you fix it?" Like, <laughs> I don't have time for this. Like, I'm, I gotta go like worship or something to get filled back up. But the Lord was like, "Hey, you can do it." And I was like, "Okay," so I just went knee, be healed. And he goes, "Oh, thanks." And I, I was like, "Wait, whoa, that was actually easy." <laughs> like, it was it was astounding. So it was just like on the fly learning how to how to spill. So then we get into the meeting, and uh, we're doing some words of knowledge for healing, and I actually had a word for two businessmen. It wasn't even for healing, uh, and as I'm giving it, the guy that we're with, Dave, comes up, and he, said, he like, interrupts me. He's like, hey, somebody, one of these two guys has uh, a deaf ear or has something wrong with their, their hearing, and um, he says, uh, I, think it's, I think it's the right ear, and I go, Dave, it's the left ear. I got that earlier. And it was, it was, it was the right ear. <laughs> he, he was right. But the guy was 100% deaf in, in his right ear and got 100% healed. Not only that, it was medically verified. It's not like, oh yeah, I couldn't hear. Now I can kind of hear. Like his doctor was there. Like the, the guy was completely deaf. I think he may have even not had an eardrum. It, it could have been actually a miracle, not just a healing. It was awesome highlight story number two. And these, I mean, I had to whittle this down of, like, get rid of the ones that don't involve me, get rid of the ones that, uh, where we failed, you know, get rid of, like, the, and just get the really good ones. So, here's number two. (laughs) So, these are all the ones that make me look cool. So, in one day, we, what we would do, our normal thing was, okay, we don't have internet, so let's go find an internet cafe, first thing. Let's get our priorities straight, get some internet. And, uh... (laughs) Then we went to lunch, and we would always go to to a mall uh, and just spill everywhere. So we went to the Mall of Dubai, which is the uh, largest mall in the world. It's right underneath the Burj Khalifa, which is that, the tallest um, building in the world. Remember MI3, Mission Impossible? That's the building that he was in. Okay, so we're there, and we're just sitting there. We're eating food, and it's awesome, and there's really cool... I mean, we just ate some fun food. And these, this group of African, uh, South African people are uh, right behind us, and we, somebody gets a word of knowledge, pulls one of them over, heals them, and literally for about 30, 35 minutes, we're just, they're just coming over, and we're like, healed, healed, prophesy. Like, where one of the guys was like, uh, this is what your room looks like. The paint is like this in your room, and, here's, and you just bought a Hello Kitty thing for your room because you really like Hello Kitty, and she's like, for real, like, are you spying on me? Like, this is beyond Facebook stalking. This is like, it was, it was incredible. And I mean, calling out. There's a 13 year old boy. I got words for him. Told him about his friendships and how they're leading him astray. And he was like, Yeah, it's really, it's really true. I gotta, I gotta fix the friendships that I have. And uh, then I told his mom, and she was like, Thank you so much. So that was lunch, and then dinner. We uh, In the Burj Khalifa Mall uh, of, uh, Ball? Ball of Dubai, there's an aquarium in the middle of it that you can walk underneath. Like There's like a dome, and you can walk through it and see the sharks and the fish. It's incredible. Outside of that, there's a restaurant. So we're, we're sitting there, and uh, Hannah was really good with Shiite Muslim ladies because it's weird for a guy to walk up to a Shiite Muslim woman because it's kind of inappropriate. Um, and so we would get words for these women and then send her to go do it and so i got a word uh actually dave was like hey uh why don't you get some words for for those ladies and i was like uh yeah there's one she's got lower back pain it's from a bad mattress other one is uh has a clicking jaw and she's a really good singer uh, and it's kept her from singing and hannah goes over there completely right on in- including like what it was from and that she was a singer and everything they get completely healed. I mean, this and that was like, eh, no big deal. And then, and this was normal. Like we'd sit down, and David would, would say, "Hey, uh, to the waiter, can you go get your manager?" The manager, would come over. We talked to the manager. Hey, if you were, are this is what we'd always do. We're healers from America, which would never work here, but it works totally really well over there. We're we're uh, healers from America, and if you have anything wrong with anybody in your staff, just bring them out here. I'll take 30 seconds. We'll we'll heal them. They can get back to work. He was like, "Okay," <laughs> like it worked, and we're, I was like, "This is amazing! I'm moving to the Middle East. This is way easier." And so we, so we, he brings people out. I think the first one, her name was Maggie, and we had words about what exactly what was wrong with her. Obviously, Maggie wasn't her real name. It was like Magdalena Mashana Markia, but she got, went by Maggie for the Americans. I mean, just word after word, and they'd sit down, and sometimes we'd get words of knowledge, but most of the time it was just kind of like, "Hey, what's wrong with you? Cool, put your hand on it, boom, healed. See you later." Like it was really that easy. So, like every meal was like that. Graham, him, okay. The very last day, this is the third one. Uh, like I said, we would sit down, and we would be introduced a lot of time as a seer or as a um, as a healer or whatever. Well we went to this Ethiopian place and uh, one of the guys that we were with used to live in Ethiopia so he knew he knew Manhandric or whatever language they speak there and he didn't know the word for seer or healer so he called us get this deacon sorcerers I was like Ben you can't call us sorcerers he's like I don't know the word and I said you were like them I didn't say you were one like Okay, and so so then it made sense for when after he talked to the waitress that she went <laughs> like she was she was uh, scared. But we had we had we had a guy we had an Ethiopian guy. He was actually a Baptist uh, guy, and and we talked to him and uh, healed his. I think it was his shoulders. I mean, just instant healings. I mean, the, there's a few times when we would start a healing, we'd we'd pray for somebody. Really, we would command their body to get in line. And we would say, uh, hey, check it. Check it. No. We'd say, try it. A- and a lot of times they would say, yeah, it's completely healed. And we'd check. Completely healed. Done. Right? And I said, yes, completely done. And uh, we, w- we would say, okay. But if somebody said it was like maybe 80%, we'd say, well, Jesus doesn't get bees in his healing class. So we're going to go ahead and completely heal you. And then they'd be completely healed. It was awesome. It was really cool. Okay, so those are my three cool stories. Two challenging revelations that I had. Jesus did most of his ministry in the real world, not in services. And I, for me personally, because I'm so trained and so oriented towards doing stuff behind one of these, it's like, it was very stretching. And I realized, I'm not doing ministry like Jesus did. Jesus did it in the world. He, he, he was like shredded with holes cuz he was just dripping everywhere with the anointing and he was just getting it on people i mean the woman she all she got has to do is get close and, and touch him the the disciples they're in the book of acts their shadow is i mean that's lazy healing your shadow's working for you like come on do something the, so the, uh, we i think and this is this why I want to challenge you with because i'm challenged by it Do healings. Whatever you do, if you if you work in corporate world, awesome. Be in the corporate world, and heal the sick. If if you love going to coffee shops, go to coffee shops. But just turn your radar on for just one moment and see if there might be some one person that needs a touch from Jesus. Just do it. Set set a goal for yourself: one awesome uh, church-worthy testimony per week. You know what I mean? Like push yourself in in this thing because it's not that you want to do it you want to do it for the sake of the gospel, but you don't, you know, it's cool to have a, a cool story once in a while, you know, we we had this saying, we say, Lord, for the newsletter, give us a healing for the newsletter, okay, for the new covenant then, you know, like, we had to kind of, because especially when you're a missionary over there, these two guys, they were hysterical, and they were like, we had to stop doing it so that we could have a testimony, so that our our financial givers would keep giving. You know what I mean? Because there's that pressure there. Um, but we're we're kingdom people, you know? And, and this is a... So that's the challenge for me, is Jesus did most of his ministry outside in the real world. Um, and this was one thing. The second challenge that I was hit with is uh, Dave mentioned this verse in Galatians 5, 6 that basically says that the one thing that is important... Uh, the only thing that matters, he, he would say, is faith expressed through love. That is the only thing that matters. We can, we can build a ministry. We can be super prophetic. We can have dreams and visions. We can have great worship. But if we don't express faith in a way that, that people feel loved, we've missed it. And, the, and that, that doesn't mean that we have to be healing like doing healings every single day. It means loving people.